0: Storytelling brings the passions of my guests to life through our conversations. So be prepared to be entertained, informed, and inspired. Welcome to today's show. Well, hi, everybody, and thank you for joining me on this episode of the Born to Talk radio show podcast. My guest today is Stuart Sobel. Welcome to the show, Stuart.
1: Hey, thank you so much, Marcia. Pleasure to be here.
0: Oh, it, it is truly—it's a joint—it's a joint pleasure. May I just tell you, we're going to be talking about a lot of things today, but mostly we're going to be talking about your manuscript, Queen Bee, and the killing of Bugsy Siegel. But before we do, I always—this yes. is part of this conversation, connection, community thing I talk about. I really think it's important to me, and I, I'd like to think my listeners feel the same way, which is, well, who are you? You know, Tell us a little bit about yourself. And I, I love this part of the show because, to me, this is what joins us as humans, because we all know something about ourselves. You know more about you than I do. So why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself so we can get to know you?
1: Wonderful. Thank you, Marcia. Well, I... Uh... I moved to Los Angeles as a very young lad with my folks. In the early 50s, we moved actually into Beverly Hills. And Beverly Hills in those days, it was, I guess that's what the show Happy Days was uh, fashioned on. It was very lighthearted, and it was uh, a beautiful time to be in Beverly Hills. Uh, there, was, there was no... Uh, uh, there was no pulling of emotions. Uh, there was no uh, any. There was no uh, point that anyone was trying to make. It was just a very calm, uh, peaceful upbringing. We didn't realize mm-hmm. it at the time, but uh, it was very nice. And I like to say it's a combination of happy days and revel without a cause. Okay. It was all <laughs> around the same era. <laughs> So it, mm-hmm. it, was, uh, it was great. I went to Hawthorne School. It was a grammar school in Beverly Hills, and I met a lot of people there. Coming from Jacksonville, Florida, uh, it was, there were no celebrities there. There were just regular neighbors. But in uh, Beverly Hills, uh, everybody seemed to be a celebrity's child. And it mm-hmm. was uh, fascinating because I saw social structures that I I found perplexing. For example, uh, I found uh, several friends friends of mine whose mothers and fathers had different names and a different name from the child. So no one Uh had the same name. And I could not figure it out. I finally did. But it took a lot of brain power to to figure (laughs) out what was going on. Uh, I remember one kid... Uh, one young friend of mine said um, he liked the Christmas presents best from his first mother and second father. And I did not Mm -hmm. understand what he meant. And I remember going home and asking my mom if this was their first marriage. Well, coming from Jacksonville, Florida, she thought it was hilarious. She said, I looked so disappointed when she said, Uh, yes, it is. (laughs) That's so funny. So
0: so the moms and dads, had different last names,
1: and the kid had a different last name. I'll give you an example how that works. Yes, yes. The mother and father are celebrities. They have their own stage names, and that's generally what they go by. And the child is a product from another marriage, so he has his own name, too, from the father. And it's generally the mother that keeps the child going on with life and into another marriage. So. That's how it happened, and it happened many times. I, after a while, I got used to it, and for a uh, for a, uh, a friend of mine would call his father. There's actually the second person his mother married, but he calls him by his first name. I could not imagine somebody calling their father by their first name, but
2: that's,
1: that's the way it was with was a whole different ballgame band, and that's that's really when i i met all sorts of fascinating people they weren't fascinating to me at the time because they were just kids in the class right and everybody's parents seemed to be a celebrity of some sort and it wasn't unusual for for a group of us go, to go to a movie and see someone's mother in the film or someone's father or someone's mother and father in a romantic scene with each other, and
2: mm-hmm. they were
1: parents of of, uh, of kids I went to school with, or to see uh, a director, a producer, a sound technician, uh, all sorts of all manner of uh, mm-hmm. film work, and it was all there. So after a while, it was not it was not something to really make a big deal of. It's just pointed out, oh, that's so-and-so's father or so-and-so's mother,
2: and that's, that's, how,
1: that's how life was in Beverly Hills. Did
0: you, where, after you went to Hawthorne Elementary School, which is funny because, you know, we have a community, actually it's where my daughter lives, which is in Hawthorne, which is not far oh. from where I live in Westchester, so when you said Hawthorne Elementary School in Beverly Hills, I went, oh, much different Hawthorne. Where did, did, you, did you go to Beverly Hills High? <laughs>
1: I went to Beverly High. I went to uh, another high school called Rexford High, uh, a okay. private school. Uh-huh. <clears throat> I needed a little extra attention, and so my <laughs> folks sent me to a private school. Uh, but it. I did go to Beverly High for a couple of years, uh-huh. and uh, it, was, it was great. And brothers and sisters for great. you, have did you,
0: did you have, yeah, did you have brother brothers and
1: sisters? Okay. I sure did. Got it. Yeah. Uh, one, one's an attorney, the other's a court reporter, and, and she's wow. doing great. Yeah. Great. So it was, it was kind of a traditional life. And when I went back to Jacksonville, uh, I saw a marked difference. I didn't, I didn't realize it until I went back home uh, to Jacksonville. And, mm-hmm. uh, but it was just a different way of life. So, it's
0: interesting. Uh, as I hear you share this, um, one of my best friends who lived in um, Minneapolis and then came out yeah. to Westchester, not New York, Westchester, but Westchester inside L.A., um, yeah. she had an aunt and uncle that lived in Beverly Hills. And it was like, whoo hoo, hoo. hoo who are going to Beverly Hills, they have a pool. <laughs> oh my God. You know, and it was like yeah. and you're looking around and it's like they have, they have wait, they have maids? They have maids? what Really? You know, we came from very <laughs> humble homes and it's like, who has maids? Um, and yeah. cooks and drivers and all of these things. But when you're a kid, you're a kid, right? And you're not really thinking about all of that. Now, I, I, I didn't yep. hear you drop any names. And you don't have to drop any names, but it sure no. must have been interesting for you growing up. Well, it was.
1: It was and, and I was not shocked to see maids and and mm-hmm. chauffeurs and things that went with the era. I mean, it was uh it's the way it was. Yes. And uh, <laughs> I don't know what else to say. But yes so was right but it was but, fun. and yes and looking back on it it was a wonderful time good
0: good i'm i'm, yeah. I'm so it, there's there, there's a lot of beautiful things that are going on in the Beverly Hills area today i believe um Wallace Annenberg um performing oh, arts yeah. center is in, and i mean that is that is a gem in Beverly Hills. So there are a lot of wonderful Indeed. things that currently happen in Beverly Hills. I I know the people associated with that. But I think you also, you know, you mentioned that you, your elementary school, you went mentioned um, Beverly Hills High, you mentioned Rexford, but you went on to Woodbury, is that right? Did you go on to Woodbury after that?
1: Yes, when I graduated from uh, high school. Mm-hmm. Then I went on to Woodbury. And Woodbury and did-
2: was... Uh, a-
1: Great school. It's still it's still going and um but it was a great school and I got uh, I received a, a good education and I I went into uh, real estate. Mm-hmm. I I worked for my dad for a while and uh then I went into real estate, started buying and selling. Uh and that was that was interesting. Uh so I I stayed up with that and and writing became a hobby it was never a uh, paying profession it was a hobby but i did a lot of it because the area that i was writing about uh, required a lot of a lot of text there were magazines and books and different things that came out and this was all in the martial arts area i oh. i wrote for for met, all of the martial arts magazines, if they were the national martial arts uh, magazines, and there were three major ones, three major publishers, I wrote for them. I had a column in one of them, and I sold that same column to an Italian fight magazine. And hmm. uh, so I, I, I just, I enjoyed writing. I enjoyed uh, writing about things I saw, things I felt, Uh, impressions that I got that I received from people that I interviewed it was just something that I gravitated towards and I've been doing it for so many years and the nice part about it is I got paid you know it was was nothing great but it was it was payment it was like saying thank you for writing this piece so I That's was able so to cool. utilize a lot of different talents because I also did a lot of shooting, I mean, photography shooting. Uh-huh. And I would shoot for my own articles. I'd shoot covers. I'd, I'd, I'd shoot all sorts of things. And it was giving me a creative outlet that I didn't receive uh, from other areas because I, I was involved in, uh, in real estate Uh, I did some buying and selling, and then I purchased a uh, a company, a a big piece of real estate that had just started, and it was a storage company, a mini storage company, and this is when storage was brand new. People didn't know about it. The concept was great, but people weren't really aware of the dynamics of self-storage as opposed to putting something in warehousing and mm-hmm. there's a big difference. And now they sprung up all over, the, all over the world. And, uh, but I'm still here at the same pop stand at, mm-hmm. in echo park <laughs> and, uh, I enjoy it. It's, it's fun. You, you're dealing with the public. And so it's a different take on the day every day, just by the people that come through the door and uh, and that's what that's what I do. So that's nice I, I've had it for a long time uh, since seventy seven So oh, that's yes. a lifetime ago. Certainly, yeah, almost forty five years. Wow, that's but nice. I've always had projects, and while well, I had the storage company, I always had projects, and uh, I managed a kickboxer. For 10 years that was one of the projects i had. it's the type of business where i had a wonderful crew and and my dad came in and helped me uh he actually had sold his business and he was looking for something to do so he came down to echo park with me and uh he helped me with it and we were in it before computers and then now we're in the computer age so I, it was um it was quite a development it everything, I guess, unfolded in the proper, proper ma- manner, the, the manner it should unfold. Mm-hmm. It was um, things that I, I was always able to utilize talents, um, whether it was in business or writing, because business takes a lot of creativity as well. And that's what I was doing was doing the uh, the creative uh, work and marketing the company and and just dealing with the public. It was it was a great it's a great time. That's terrific.
0: I'm going to ask you one more personal question, and then we're going to sure. get to the meat of our subject, which is this manuscript you've written. You know, we I've heard you mention your family and um, yes. what that meant to you, but. I'm just curious about putting you on the spot. Is there a particular person who you are just so grateful for that's helped you to get where you are today?
1: Oh, of course, of course. My dad. My dad was yes. terrific. He he was supportive in everything I wanted to do. He helped me. He was, he was there for me. He had a lot of wisdom that he gave to me. And one of the things was... Uh, don't be in such a hurry. Relax and think it out because sometimes I'm a little impulsive. But uh, it worked out wonderfully. He's, he was a good guy, and I'm always grateful for what he's done for me. That's
0: nice. That's You know, so often until we're sort of asked a reflective question like that, we sort of forget, like, gosh, you know, there's certain aspects, you know, my parents are no longer alive either, although I do have friends that have parents in their 90s. Um, and you reflect back or you speak to a sibling and you go, can you remember when Dad did that or remember how Mom always did that? And then you think to yourself, boy, do my, do my, kids, remember? Do my kids know those stories? Have I shared those stories with my children? Has my brother sure. shared those stories with his children? And we forget as parents that our kids are always watching us because if we remember right, we were always watching them. We might not have liked everything <laughs> right. we've seen, and they might not have liked everything they saw either for that matter. But um, it, it's, I'm happy to hear that, that your father had such an, an impact on your life. But oh, now... I want to talk about your manuscript, and the name of it is called Queen Bee and the Killing of Bugsy Siegel. I know at some point I'm going to ask you this question, but I don't have to ask it to you right now, because I think what's really interesting is maybe there are people listening, and it's certainly possible because I do remember a lot of the details about Bugsy Siegel. They may not know who Bugsy Siegel And so why don't we start with that? Who was Bugsy Siegel? Siegel.
1: Hmm. Well, Bugsy Siegel was um, an unusual character. Uh, He and Al Capone are probably the best-known mobsters. Uh, Bugsy Siegel being Jewish, Al Capone, Italian. Uh, Italian is mafia for for the underworld. It was mafia. Uh, mm-hmm. and the Jews are, were uh, the mob. They weren't mafia. Oh. They were the mob. I
0: didn't know that. And you know don't that. mix
1: the two. yeah oh. that's
2: right.
0: So, so Jews it, were it, considered it, part of a mob, and everyone else yes. was considered part of the mafia.
1: The Italians Oh, just now, the the I don't know what oh, yeah okay. I don't know what what other national oh. what other nationalities called themselves, but it was uh, the mob for the Jews, and uh the hmm. king of the mob was Meyer Lansky. he was the head mobster. everybody deferred to Meyer Lansky. and his chief lieutenant from the whole time he was, uh, he was alive, was Mo Sedway. Mo Sedway was the chief lieutenant to Myrlansky. And there was a uh, kind of a, a camaraderie, but not as friendly as it sounds, but a camaraderie mm-hmm. of people who were immigrating to America and they stuck to their own people in their own parts of the city. And they grew up, uh, the parents were too busy to try and put food on the table than uh, to look after their kids to make sure they were going to school, not getting into trouble. They really didn't have time for that. And if there was trouble to be gotten, it was gotten on the street. And kids always have an idea of, oh, let's try this, (laughs) that might be fun, or we might make some money doing this. So they would do things that would cause a lot of problems for other people or for themselves. And uh, there was no real uh, uh, high school dropouts in those days. Uh, What they were were grammar school dropouts. They generally lasted to the sixth grade. And everything they learned at that time That was it. There was no higher education. And that went for all of them. From Meyer Lansky, Hmm. Mo Sedway, Ben Siegel. He hated the name Bugsy. And why? I don't know. Because that was a nickname from growing up. But I think uh, as time went on, he he began to loathe the name. So he didn't want to... uh, He became adamant about not calling him Bugsy. And... uh, that was his thing. You know, I don't think Al Capone got adamant of someone not calling him Scarface. But I don't know. <laughs> I didn't take wow. a, a deep dive into his history, but I did take a dive into his history. But uh Al Capone and, and Ben Siegel were were are the most notorious, but not necessarily in 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 trueness could they be the most notorious they're just the ones that people know about because prior to conventional thinking for for the underworld they did not like to be photographed together they did not like stories written about them they didn't want the press to follow them they wanted to remain anonymous and that worked for uh, a long time and uh when And I'm skipping ahead in the story, but it's it's just kind of random thoughts
2: but mm-hmm. when they
1: uh, when the group went to Las Vegas and they were working at the El Cortez, and I say the group uh, uh, most Heway, Meyer Laski, Ben Siegel and uh, and they were working the El Cortez, they wanted to expand on it. And the city of Las Vegas would not let them expand because of Siegel, because they knew he was a mobster. They did not want mm-hmm. organized crime in their city. They didn't know the others were mobsters they, <sighs> because they kept the low key. But I, I just thought that was kind of uh, an interesting point, that mm-hmm. everyone just assumed they knew Meyer was a mobster, but nobody did. He was he was just a a quiet man. He wasn't verbose, and uh, he and a fellow named Arnold Rothstein uh, just happened to meet in a bar mitzvah at a bar mitzvah, and um, and Rothstein had had the uh, the money, and and uh, Lansky had the crew, and Rothstein showed Lansky how to set up a business of organized crime. He got Mm -hmm. them off of the street corners where they would hang around the phone booths waiting for an assignment day or night. They'd be hanging in the elements outside, and um, he put them in offices. They had to go to an office. It had to be outfitted like an office. There'd be a telephone there, of course, and uh, they had to dress like, uh, I'd say, Gentlemen's Quarterly, GQ, mm-hmm. they had to dress in the finest fashions of the day. They didn't wear colors. They didn't wear bandanas. They didn't have – they didn't do anything they wanted to blend in, and that's what they did. That's why you see uh, um, old pictures of these mobsters, and, and you see them, of course, at the mob, you see them in Las Vegas. Um, and you see uh, people who, who just look like regular businessmen, but they hmm. weren't. So they didn't wow. want to bring attention to themselves. So they just mm-hmm. kept very quiet and dressed well. And that's how, they, that's how they did their business. And their business concept continues on to this day. Because if you hear of drug cartels, cartel is a business terminology that indicates many many large companies collude together to fix prices to to fix all sorts of things so they're not in competition with each other on price or whatever uh, they just they control the market so no one could buy something cheaper than they wanted to sell it for so drug cartels are Cartels are many gangs that uh, that are uh, part of the the crew that and uh, and that's how they conduct their business, just like organized crime. It hasn't hmm. been around for long. You know, it's uh, been around for maybe a hundred years. I mean, that is hmm. long,
2: but <laughs> it's yeah. hard
1: to believe. Hmm. But see, but that's how it all set up. So.
0: What gave you the idea to write about his killing? Has that Have you always wanted to write about that?
1: No, <laughs> not at all. Uh-huh. It never crossed my mind. I knew who Budgie Siegel was just on the periphery, um, sure. uh, living in Beverly Hills. Uh, the house he was killed in was just a few doors away. Uh, not doors, but in the same area. It wasn't far away. Uh, but uh, I like to think that if everybody is infamous in Beverly Hills, nobody's infamous. If everybody has a a wild story to tell, nobody has a wild story to tell because it's all the same. Uh, you'd never see paparazzi running around the grammar schools. You'd never see paparazzi running around the high schools. It was uh, it was just one of those things. I came with the thought of writing about him. When a uh, a buddy of mine from grammar school, we were in the fourth grade when I first met him. Uh, It was his father who was Mo Sedway. And Mo Sedway, uh, whom I'd never met, and he unfortunately passed away just months before I arrived in Los Angeles. Uh, and I met everyone else in his family. I met uh, his brother, his mother, the bodyguard, all nice people and uh, people that uh, I remember details about. Mm-hmm. I, it surprised me, but I, I apparently have a photographic memory because <laughs> I remember details about everybody and without even thinking about it. Certain impressions that I received, like uh, the bodyguard always packed a gun, a shoulder holster, and we never thought anything of it because he really? always did. Yeah, so it was, and I I would imagine a lot of bodyguards would pack a gun in the house or going outside, but it was just a casual uh, life growing up. Uh, it, uh, this fellow's name was Robbie, Robbie Sedway and if Robbie's folks were driving us to the movie, his folks, his mother and the bodyguard uh, he was packing a gun but nobody thought anything of it because he always did it would have been strange if he hadn't because we were just used to it and
2: that's, did how, you,
0: that's how it worked Did you know at the time okay so fourth grade you have some level of sophistication but not a lot I mean what how old are you in the fourth grade 10 I don't know um,
1: we're nine still
0: in nine interest, okay I like to say. did you know I mean you I presume your dad didn't walk around packing a gun right that's true okay so, so did you know and did you think your parents knew at the time just exactly who Mo Sedway was other than Robbie's
1: dad? Well, I'm sure they knew, but we never discussed it. Wow. His dad had passed away. We just never discussed it. It was not really a topic of conversation. There was no interest other than that was his dad.
2: And we knew that
1: his dad... uh, owned the flamingo he was part owner and and he started the flamingo and we knew that but i'd never been to las vegas before i wasn't aware of it and and when uh we were in the eighth grade he said to me you want to go to vegas for the weekend i'd never heard that before
2: <laughs> i said
1: las vegas i said yeah that's it <laughs> i said sure let's do it and so uh uh We got uh, we got on a plane. His either his dad or 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 the bodyguard or somebody drove us to the airport, and the other side picked us up. And when we came back, we just went there for two days. Uh, we came back on a Sunday, and I just thought it was really hot, and there were not many hotels at the time, and everybody took cabs to go just a block or two and I thought why don't they just walk it and so we tried it once and we found out why they didn't just walk it it's the desert
2: (laughs) and so we uh,
1: (laughs) so we did that we went to a couple of shows Uh, a a friend of mine's uh, a friend that we were in school with uh, his dad her dad was um, headlining at one of the hotels and we saw her in the lobby. So she asked if if we wanted to go, and so we went. And had mm-hmm. Roy Rogers, and she had a Shirley Temple, and that was that was it. But it was fun. <gasps> oh, it was it's, different.
2: Yeah.
0: It, it's funny. It, I you know I, I'm I'm chuckling because it's this is not a story you haven't told, and you've probably told it many 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 times. But no, I absolutely. feel, is that right? Yes. Well, let me tell you yeah. what I feel. As you're speaking this, I can feel the emotions. I can feel what that must have been like to just be this kid with your buddy, Robbie, whose dad is a, a, a gangster but or a, a mobster, let's use the right word. You didn't really yes. know that. Um, you you know, your dad didn't have a bodyguard, but Robbie's dad had a bodyguard. Oh, well, you know, you just didn't really delve deep into the questioning of that. But who knew, right?
1: That's true. It's it's like some some families had chauffeurs, but we didn't have a chauffeur. So, you know, you don't say, well, why don't we have a bodyguard? Not everyone had the same thing. And so it was never even questioned.
2: Mhm.
0: Yeah. Um so 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 just for historical purposes, so Mo Sedway he owned the flamingo at that as that was that the case? He did well, own he, the flamingo? He had,
1: partners. he had partners. Okay
0: and he had partners, okay. Oh yes. Did yes. he did he also die untimely as well?
1: No, no. He okay. died uh, of a heart attack and okay. he had a bad stomach, and he was All right. he was sick. Yeah. Okay, so he was not murdered,
0: but no, we got no. we we got to talk about this murder because um, Bugsy Siegel was murdered, and he was murdered. It sounds like not too far from where you currently or where you were living at the time. And um, so let's, let's talk about the murder itself. Uh, I think you've done a great deal of time in the researching of this. So let's, let's yes. talk about this, the, this murder. Let's spend this next 30 minutes or thereabouts talking about, you know, the murder, why you wrote this, who you think killed him, if you have an idea, and why this has never been solved. So let's start with the,
1: the murder. Well, most people have um, the, wrong, uh, the wrong take on why he was killed. Uh, there were plenty of people that wanted to kill him. He owed a tremendous amount of money to the mob, to the mafia, to the commission, the five crime families of New York and other people, that uh, he had gotten money for to build this hotel. And he wasn't paying it back. He, he, when he opened up the hotel in March, his first opening was a disaster in, uh, for Christmas in 1946. The second opening, it was successful. And he, was, he could see it was turning into a major business but he didn't live long enough to really understand what was happening because within three and a half months he was murdered and, hmm. uh, and it wasn't, and it wasn't for, for what people thought he was murdered for. They thought uh, because he didn't repay the money because he got a lot of people angry. He was, he had a bellicose nature. Uh, he would fly off the handle. And when you're, uh, good looking, like he was, and you have a a explosive personality. Uh, those good looks will pave over a lot of things and and make it uh, uh, make life a lot easier for you than us average looking guys. Mm-hmm. So uh, so people put up a lot because of him. The mob. And the mafia were not afraid of him. I mean, that would be the last thing they would be as afraid of Ben Siegel. Why should they be? They're all killers. They have no compunction hmm. about killing him to his face. So there would there would there was no other uh, thought than to to have have him uh, uh, rubbed out, except. There was a meeting in Havana just prior to the killing, where there was a uh, the mafia and a couple of high-ranking Jewish mobsters like Meyer Lansky were present, and he and his his Italian partner uh, in spirit was uh, Lucky Luciano, and initially the they all decided to have him killed because he, he was showing no respect to the mob bosses and he wasn't, uh, uh, he wasn't responsive in paying back any of the money. And Mo said, I mean, excuse me, Myrlansky said, hold off, I'll take care of this. And, uh, and he spoke to Mo, and Mo and Ben Siegel were best of friends he was the best man at their wedding. He was the godfather to their firstborn son, Richard. And, and they were very close. But all of that changed in the building of the Flamingo. And it, it, was, uh, it was that loss of familiar bond that uh, Sudway knew that he had to kill Siegel because Siegel threatened to kill him. And he would talk to other people, other mob people, um, like Davey the Jew Berman, uh, Ice Pick Willie Alderman. Um, uh, many, There were several people in a meeting where he said he was going to kill uh, Sedway because he was prying too much into the, into the construction and all of the costs and because Segway was the one responsible to report back to to the mafia and to Myrlansky on um, where the money was going, because an inordinate amount of money was going out, and it turns out Siegel was skimming, and his girlfriend Virginia Hill, she was skimming, and Virginia Hill is, was notorious. She she was uh, I guess you'd call her a bag woman. She she would uh, take money for the mafia, go to Zurich, Switzerland, and put it into numbered accounts. And
2: mm-hmm. while she
1: was doing that, she was taking money from the Flamingo uh, building fund because Siegel, um, out of his frustration with Sedway, threw him off the property. It didn't stick, but he took the checkbook away put it into another checking account, and uh, let his girlfriend, Virginia, handle it. And why he did that, I'm not sure, but I have I have suspicions that perhaps he just couldn't handle the checkbook, which is uh, entirely possible. So he let Virginia do it. And uh, at the end of that whole era, uh, she had skimmed $3 million out of the uh, hmm. account And so There was, there was a lot of uh, Dynamics that was going on At the time and, Yeah, uh, it sounds like so, it Yeah, yeah it, it was So Sedway knew he had to save himself And Fedway was not a killer He'd been around killers All his life He was not giving a value judgment It just was not for him and he was having to spend a tremendous amount of time in um in Las Vegas, and his wife and two sons in Beverly Hills were being neglected because he had to stick so close to the building site and uh, and be strayed it was It was one of those things she strayed and um, and the uh boyfriend that she got. Was turned out later to be the uh, the bodyguard, and so mm-hmm. uh, and so when uh, Siegel knew, or Siegel didn't know when Sedway knew that uh, that he w- was being sought after to be killed, and Siegel said, "Well, I'll." He told a group of friends. He says, "I'll just uh, I'll put a bullet in him. I'll chop him up and." feed him to the Flamingo Garb's disposal. Nobody's ever going to find him. It was Wait,
0: bruising. let me interrupt. I need to understand this because yeah. this is so Siegel. It sounds to me, and, and maybe I don't have this right, and, and so I'm going to look to you for this clarity. What turned out in the beginning to be two really good friends sounds like, to me, what you're saying turned out to be two Absolute enemies of one another.
1: Exactly. Okay, so was, I
0: do have that, that right.
1: Doing. Yes, you do. That was okay, Siegel's so doing.
0: Siegel Siegel caused the breakup because were they partners in the flamingo?
1: Well, there were uh, several. There were many partners. Uh, it was Siegel and Sedway that was that were responsible to uh, to build a hotel.
2: And I the hotel
1: see. was already half halfway, not halfway completed. It was already in construction when Siegel and Sedway uh, got together with the owner. Uh, his name was Billy Wilkerson, and Billy Wilkerson, uh, it was his, it was his baby. It was his design. Billy Wilkerson was an entrepreneur who who owned and started the Hollywood Reporter magazine or newspaper. Uh, He started uh, Ciro's, uh, Ciro's, uh, uh, LaRue, uh, Trocadero, all of the high-end night spots in uh, West LA. And he wanted to open up a uh, casino, the first of its kind in the world, in Las Vegas. And this is at a time where there weren't many constructions going on, and there were no roads per se. There were just dirt roads and paved roads. There's all sorts of roads. And just mm-hmm. uh, the airport was just built for private planes. It wasn't uh, able to accept all of these different types of aircraft coming in. So it was a small town that was going to have growing pains, but it was all manageable. And, so,
2: uh,
0: so let me ask you this
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, because what I because we haven't talked about B yet and I know that B is incredibly important to this, and maybe this will all tie in together in this question and sure. that is this has solved murder since
2: 1947 That's yes. so
0: are there theories who killed Bugsy Siegel and why but that person or group or mobster or mafia or whomever that person was was never charged and so it's just you know i, I know that um I'm, when you, we talk about queen b we're really talking about robbie's mom b sedway right yes. sedway correct sedway. which was she yes. was married to the mobster mo sedway
2: yeah
0: and exactly. um so I, I i'm trying to get all i feel like i need an org chart you know, to get all these players yeah. um, set up because I, I I'm trying to keep all of the pieces together because what and I know you spent years doing this writing this manuscript and hopefully it will be published as a book very soon so that people can purchase this. But what I'd like yeah. to know is why has why hasn't this been solved and who, who who do you have an opinion on who killed him? I, I mean, I'm just curious about
1: all of this now. And B. Yes. Yes. Well, it hasn't been solved because there was no evidence. Everything oh. was was dismantled, the gun was dismantled, there was no evidence. And in those days, there was no forensic evidence uh per se. There was uh, no DNA. There was no surveillance cameras. There, it was more of an eyewitness take. Somebody recognized somebody, and it was just done in in the dark of night, and and that was it. Uh, in his home, there was no evidence. Yes, it was actually okay. in his girlfriend's home. Yeah. Oh, he was in his girlfriend's home. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, uh, he was there, and he he was. Um, on the sofa reading the paper and his uh, his close friend Alan Smiley was on the sofa with him. and there was a couple uh, there was Virginia Hill's brother and his girlfriend. Uh, they had all just come back from dinner and they were upstairs and the upstairs uh, their room and the maid was in her room, the housekeeper. So there were a lot of people at the house. there were five and um and it was it was a uh, it was an event that garners worldwide news sure. and that's how it all came about, but nobody knew really who did it and wow. um and b Segway and Ben Siegel were very close. And something about uh, someone who is extremely observant, like being, was very observant of everything and everybody. Mm -hmm. She was very observant of uh, Ben Siegel. And she knew his habits. She knew after coming, uh, being out at night, he liked to come home and read the late edition of the paper uh, in a specific sofa with... Uh, His reading lamp already set up for him. She knew certain things about him. When his own house was only less than a mile away, and it was ready for him to come there. And and, uh, Virginia Hill was not at home. She was in Europe at the time. And uh, he could have gone home just as well as going to Virginia's. But he was a creature of habit. So he went to Virginia's. And the killer was already waiting for him. Wow! You know who that killer was? No. It was the it was the bodyguard because B wanted to it save his life. It was who? Wait, let me interrupt
0: So the bodyguard, whose bodyguard was
1: he? It was uh, Mo and B. It was Beast, bodyguard, the one that used to drive us to the movies and take us around, who always back the gun. He was a very wow. uh, quiet man. He kind of blended into the background. He didn't bring attention to himself. And his name was Moose. It was the nickname. Everyone called him Moose cause he's a big guy. Mm-hmm. And a very nice man. I remember him to be very nice. And, and uh, he was always nice to Robbie's friends and his brother Dick six friends. So um, he more or less raised them along with me because they were very young. They were quite young when uh, when Mo died. Hmm. So uh, I think Robbie was, I think he was four years old. No, that was, uh, excuse me, he was eight years old. He was four years old when Ben Siegel was killed. And um, he told me, he said, he said when he was 15, he asked his mother, who killed Uncle Benny?" Just out of the blue, like kids do. And she told mm-hmm. him. She told him everything. And uh, and when I met with Robbie, I I hadn't seen him in many years. And we, by chance, just met and had breakfast. And I was telling him I was writing, and I had a, a small publishing house at the time because I was publishing martial art books. And... I said, maybe your mom would like to do a story about old Las Vegas. It was out of my genre, but it was sounded mm-hmm. appealing uh, about old Las Vegas. Maybe she's got some old, uh, uh, old photos that might be interesting to look into. And mm-hmm. so he said, I've got an old Las Vegas story for you. He said, you want to know who killed Ben Siegel? I said, uh, yeah, sure. He said, you know the person, too. I said, come on, how would I know the person? He said, it was Moose. I said, what? (laughs) And he kind of explained it to me, and then he said his mom wanted to kind of get this off her chest and uh, wanted to talk to someone. And the the caveat that I had, um, the, the only stipulation was it can't come out during her lifetime. Because she could be prosecuted for the killing as a co-conspirator and uh, an accessory before the fact and after the fact. so she was the only one still alive. It was only it was only the three of them. it was uh, Mo, Bee, and Moose, and nobody talked nobody and at one point, B was asked to be the technical advisor in the film Bugsy and uh, hmm. she she put in a lot of things that most people would not recognize as being bugsy, but I did. Um, and it was it was quite revealing uh, the things that she she talked about, and uh, she never told the writer. Who killed Bugsy Siegel? No one thought she would know. And no one asked her, but she they wanted to get the mannerisms, the speech patterns, different things, impressions that she had on Siegel to uh, uh, pass on to Warren Beatty and mm-hmm. what she did. And so it was was fascinating. I think the whole thing was fascinating because I see what she had in there. Um that most people would not catch. For example, the first one of the first scenes you see, a seagull, uh, he's in a car by himself and he's giving himself elocution lessons. Well, he came from the Lower East Side like everyone else and he didn't sound like Warren Beatty, I'm talking in life, but I've never heard a speaking voice so he must have sounded like a Damon running character like all of them did, like hmm. he did. She she did as well. Uh, she was a fascinating lady. Hmm. So,
0: but, yeah. okay. So I got to get some clarity here. First of all, is Moose alive or dead?
1: Everyone has passed away.
0: Okay. But... I suppose the point is, if if it's understood that Moose was responsible for the killing of Bugsy Siegel, there yes. isn't really prosecuting a dead person. So, therefore, it's considered an unsolved crime, even though, because you can't bring anybody to trial to prove their guilt or innocence. So... Is that that's do I have true, that right?
1: That's true. Yes, you do. Wow.
0: Wow. <laughs> wow. So all of the players, is your buddy Robbie still alive?
1: Uh sadly no. He passed away in uh, 2014 of
0: oh, cancer. Wow. Wow. So, well, you know, this to me <laughs> just as somebody that's listening to all of this and I really do hope this um is does result in you you know publishing this book because um, I I know a manuscript is the written form and I believe yes. a hard copied book is what's next right and I will I know That's that you'll correct. keep me informed about that because I will certainly oh,
2: yes.
0: let people know when they are able to purchase the book they obviously can't purchase your man- manuscript but no. you know I, as I listen to this I think to myself wow so this needs to be a movie. I, I mean, obviously, this this needs to be a movie because um, people are curious about this stuff, and I've learned sure. so much from you. Maybe other people oh, knew see. these things, but I can only speak from for myself. Um, I didn't yes. know the difference between a mobster and the mafia. I knew that the Jews, and I say Jews... Without any disrespect as a Jewish person, of
2: course,
0: when we say of Jews, course. how we mean that we don't mean that in a discriminatory fashion, so I just want Not that alone. to be clear when I say that, um, but I mean I, I, you know I, 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 I was i, I, was, I wasn 't even born when this man was murdered, so um, but I remember my parents going to Las Vegas. I remember the Flamingo Hotel. You know, I know sure. the name Bugsy Siegel. I probably haven't. There, there was a movie with with Warren Baby. I don't, I don't even remember how long ago. What was? The, I don't even remember the name of the movie.
1: Bugsy. <laughs> it was
0: just called Bugsy. It's called Bugsy. And that was probably yeah. out a, a million years ago. And I probably saw it when I was a teenager.
1: Um, yeah.
0: You know, but I what I find so fascinating about you, Stuart, is that. You are so engaging, and there must sort of be, I don't know, not a pressure, not an obligation, but more like a desire to say, hey, you know what, I know a little bit about this, and so... Uh, you can go and you can Google all this stuff and you can read about Meyer Lansky and you can read about Alan Smiley and you can read about Virginia Hill. You can go and you can, you can see all of that. But you have spent years, right, years compiling yeah, this information. Am I right?
2: That's
1: true. Absolutely. I sure have. Wow. And wow. It, it's, uh, it, it's like any other history it's part of american history mhm it's not it's not uh it's not fantasy land this this is part of american history and uh and how things developed and they're still developing nothing is nothing stops everything continues to go on mhm but uh
0: so is it is it your goal to get this published um hopefully by the end of this year?
1: Well, let's let's see. I'm uh, I have people that are working on that now. And so Terrific. It should be. Good. Think it would closed. be nice. Yeah.
0: Yes, it would it would be very <laughs> nice. Yes, indeed. Thank you. So so um there's really I'm presume. Well, I don't know, so I shouldn't presume what I don't know. Because it's in a manuscript form, does that mean it can still be altered and adjusted? Oh, sure. sure. Okay. Okay. So, do you feel like it's at that stage now, where it's like, let's just get this out there into print, or do you feel like you're going to still be messing around with with it a little
1: bit? No, I don't think there's anything else to mess around with. Okay, I've, cool. I've done all the messing around I'm going to do. Uh... <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah. So,
0: so, so just because you, you love writing and this whole martial arts and kickboxing and these other things that you did back in the day, uh, do you, are you a writer? So, like, if I was to look at your computer or look at a journal or look at something, would I see, like, the beginnings of something next
1: for you? I don't know. I don't know what okay. next for me. So <laughs> okay, I just well, take it as it, as
0: it comes and I
2: try see. to plan it too. Yeah.
0: Okay. Well, I okay. I think that this is it's been really interesting. I I didn't. I don't think I realized that Bugsy Singles, Siegel's name was Ben. Um. Uh. He didn't. He wanted to not be called Bugsy. He wanted to be called Ben, didn't he? He didn't like that's the correct, nickname.
2: Yes,
0: he didn't, he didn't the like the nickname. It. I wonder who. No. D- wonder who gave him that name, Bugsy.
1: Well, it, it came as a child.
0: Okay. Interesting. Interesting. It, interesting. It,
1: they they said he was crazy as a bedbug. So. That's crazy uh, as a bed that's bug. That's what I read.
2: That's, yeah.
0: Well, like, gosh, I mean if there's anybody that that knows the story kind of frontwards and backwards not only just from research but also from living i mean you know how did you know that your neighborhood friend's dad was a mobster i mean who knew mobsters you know i mean your your dad wasn't a mobster my dad wasn't a mobster yeah. but but um but Mo was a mobster, and um, I don't even know if Robbie knew his dad was a mobster. Probably, I don't know what he knew. He knew he had a bodyguard, yeah. so he must have wondered why. Yeah, well, know. no.
1: When when you're a kid, you just kind of accept things as they happen. And no, he never oh. thought of, of his dad as a mobster.
0: Wow, that's and, so interesting. And,
1: and, yeah.
0: Yeah, Yeah, that's that's that's,
1: era is interesting.
0: It really, it really is, and what an enormous amount of time, um, sweat, talent you've gone, you've put into to getting this out there. Because frankly, it kind of stops with you, doesn't it? If you don't get it out there, it's not going to get out there.
1: I. Don't imagine it will, because everybody, even this year, a book came out on Siegel, and everyone uh, has different opinions. But I don't have an opinion on it. I just know what I was told. So right, there you go. My opinion yeah, is they're telling me the truth. Correct.
0: Well. That that's interesting, and I think for people that that are curious about the development of Las Vegas and how this all came to be, and and your personal experience in knowing things that others don't know, really makes for a fascinating um, story. And it just, I mean, it just has to be a movie at some point. Uh, I would like to think that that would be the case. So hopefully, not only will yeah. you go for from me- Manuscript to um, buy it on Amazon to um, and starring in a film that somebody will write a screenplay about, but they will need to use your book to do it. So I think that would be uh, thank you totally thank you. totally awesome. For those of you that are listening, if you want to learn a little bit more about Stuart specifically, he has a website. It's pretty simple to remember. It's just Queen. B and that's B E E and Bugsy dot com. Once again, that's Queen B and Bugsy dot com. I'll make sure to include that um, in the follow up so people can can follow and, and learn a little bit more about you. But Stuart, I I knew that this conversation would go just precisely as it as it did. You are really easy to speak with. You are genuine and kind. Well, thank you. And And um, it's it's been a true pleasure um, speaking with you today and having you share your story, which is what I'm all about. What's your story? So thank Thank you, you. thank you so very much. Truly, and Devin, and Devin, thank you, Devin. You did it again. That's that's your publicist, (laughs) and boy, she is my she's my main man, as they say. So um, everyone, have a wonderful week. Be safe, be well, and I'll look forward to my show next week. But until now, I will say goodbye. Have a great week, and thanks once again.